Welcome to the Thinker What Works podcast. I am Alex Gary, and today we have Emark Malavolti. Did I say that right? Correct. Okay. Uh, Emark Malavolti from Freeport, I think, but you grew up in Rockford. I did. Okay. Uh, we met Emark back in the fall at the Iger Lab Fast Pitch Competition, where he was talking about his product, Fresh to Go. And uh, then we saw him again at the Freeport Fish Tank, which was he was, was a winner. So I guess let's first of all thank you for coming. Certainly, you're welcome. All right, first of all, so and then since this is a uh, podcast and people can't see your presentation, explain what Fresh to Go is. Yeah, so uh, Fresh to Go, uh, you know, just to sum it up, is a oral hygiene convenience packet. Um, it's a three by five inch uh, package uh, containing a piece of mint gum floss and toothpick just really all things necessary for you know convenient oral hygiene after you're done eating drinking or whatever it may be maybe you forgot to brush your teeth fresh to goes for you <laughs> well we had uh, emark today and for a one million cups um, presentation which we do here at thinker every wednesday small business owner uh, comes in talks about their idea uh, and then networks and and learns from the people that are here um, I've heard your presentation a couple times, but I learned something new today. You, what was your original idea? Uh, my original idea as far as... Yeah, Fresh To Go was not your original idea, correct? What was your original business idea? Well, I've had a couple ideas that I wanted to you know, bring out to the market, but um, I was never really passionate about any of them as much as I was uh, with Fresh To Go. Um, so when I did think of Fresh To Go, that's what I really, you know, um, wanted to pursue. And the uh, feedback I was getting from people uh, was really positive. Well, let's take a step back. So because a lot of people have ideas mm -hmm. and then they'll stick with it to the bitter end. Mm -hmm. uh, they won't pivot. So the idea before Fresh To Go was what and how did you pivot into Fresh To Go? Yeah, so I wanted to start a beef jerky business is uh, really where Fresh To Go came from. And, um, you know, growing up, my parents made beef jerky. Uh, you know, we loved it in our family. My brothers and I would play poker for it. And uh, <laughs> so. so if you don't know Eric Malavolti, he was adopted by a family in Rockford. And you have how many brothers and sisters? Yeah, there's 22 kids in my family, 18 adopted, four biological. So. And where are you at in the spectrum? I'm somewhere in the middle. Okay. So. All right. So you guys were big beef jerky fans. Okay. All right. So yeah. That, all right. Keep going. Yeah. So um, you know, we made beef jerky growing up, and um, and about a year and a half ago, I got this crazy idea. Um, you know, why don't I make that beef jerky? Uh, and you know, first it was for myself because I just really enjoy beef jerky, and it's so expensive to buy in the stores. And nowadays, I'm not even sure what beef jerky is made out of anymore. But anyway, that's beside the point. I'm like, you know. If I like this beef jerky so much, and my brothers and sisters did, I bet other people would too. Um, so I thought, hey, what about I turn this into a business? So um, I immediately started thinking about how am I going to compete with other uh, beef jerky companies out there that are so much bigger than me. Everybody knows them. And, you know, what's to make somebody buy me, uh, my beef jerky, you know, this guy that no one's heard of versus, you know, th th these popular brands that everyone knows. So I immediately started thinking how it can add value to my product. Uh, what would make somebody buy my product versus somebody else's is, mm -hmm. you know, the fact that I have more value added to my product versus theirs. And so I started thinking, you know, the problem with beef jerky is it leaves a bad breath. Uh, it gets stuck in your teeth. And so I just 
wanted to solve those problems. And by wanting to put a toothpick in there and perhaps a mint, then I thought, well, what about floss? What about gum? And um, so Fresh to Go came as a result of wanting to. Um, so you made, you made that pivot when? So this, uh, my gosh, I'd say it was about a month after I thought of doing the beef jerky business. Okay, I, so pretty quick. Yeah, okay. I came up with Fresh to Go, and I decided to go with that because I realized, hey, this could be a product within itself because whether you're drinking coffee or eating steak or eating anything, you want to freshen up your breath after, especially mm -hmm. if you're going to a business meeting, a date, eating theater popcorn. <laughs> well, a lot of people have ideas. How did you research it to, to see if it was viable? Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people have ideas but don't execute. And um, and I think the reason is just because, uh, you know, there's that um, chance that it could fail and nobody wants to be a failure. But um, I was more than happy to take that risk. Um, and I think the, uh, the way I went about it was um, very realistic to get people's feedback. I literally um, went store to store, door to door, on my bike because I didn't have a car and uh, I talked to business owners and you know the employees working there would you guy buy this would you not buy it if you would buy it why if you wouldn't buy it why not um, just really trying to get their feedback on it right and um, as a business owner they would have uh, you know they'd be the ones I was looking to sell the product to so it'd be great to get their feedback and so the feedback was overwhelmingly positive so now you have an idea now you have a viable idea what was the next step yeah so of course the next step is when you find out your idea is uh, liked by the public then you want to sell it <laughs> to them right um and now that became an interesting journey because I didn't have the distribution to do so, right? I didn't have the um, uh, the marketing team, the uh, corporate executives behind this product or so on. So it was literally just me and my accountant trying to figure out, okay, how do we get this product out to the masses? And... Um, so yeah, so after I find out it's a uh, product people wanted, I just really started pursuing, again, going door to door, selling the product. And thinking. Well, you mentioned your accountant. So did you have a mentor in, on this journey? Did you have somebody you could lean on and say, okay, I, I'm stuck here, or what's my next step? Yeah, um, my partner, accountant's friend, Dean Ballback is his uh -huh. name. Um, you know, he has 35 years plus experience in accounting. Um, that's definitely his strong point, and numbers are not mine. So, uh, you know, when it comes to anything, whether number-related or just uh, general uh, challenges that I'm facing with the business, Dean's probably one of the first people I go to, and um, as well as Brian Borger. Um, you know, he used to He runs the, the, the Freeport Small Business? Yes, he used to run the Small I Business mean, Collaborative. So let's talk about mentorship. I mean, is this... Can somebody without a business background just launch something and get it going without somebody to talk to? I mean, would you have been able to get where you're at now without their help? Um, I don't know because we can't go back because, you know, I did it the way I did it. But I would say um, it would have been extremely difficult. Um, you know, that I do know. Uh, there's been so many ideas and advice I've gotten from different people that I've asked which have, uh, you know, culminated into me doing what I'm doing, where if I didn't have their input, perhaps I wouldn't be here. You know, the product. Or you would have ran out of money. I mean, Correct. Have they been able to keep you from making expensive mistakes? Um, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I know they've uh, altered my thinking when uh, you perhaps wanted to go a different route with the product or how I get it to people. You know, they've uh, had some good, uh, you know, things just for me to think about before I implemented my ideas. Um, so I, I'd say yes, mm -hmm. uh, but thank God I'll never know because I've never um, made uh, those terrible big decisions. Well, it's, it's one of the things. A lot of, people, some people can be too proud to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Are those the type of people that should go into business for themselves? I wouldn't recommend it. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is America. Do what you want. If you want to be in business for yourself and you're that type of person, this is America. You can do that. But no, I would not recommend um, you're the type of person. Uh, well, I don't think you're going to be successful at whatever you're going to do is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, because you even look at all the greats. There's not one person in history who's ever done anything great by themselves. Um, they've always uh, utilized the power of uh, other people's thinking, mm -hmm. and um, that's something I strongly you believe a lot in. That you 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 run a, uh, a mastermind group Correct. out in Freeport. Correct. What is that? Yeah. So uh, mastermind, just to sum it up, is a uh, um, once a month. Uh, it happens on the first Saturday of the month at six a.m. And the whole premise of mastermind is, um, you know, success leaves clues. Right? Uh, successful people got to be successful on purpose. It was an intentional decision. You know, every day they made small decisions which accumulated to them being a millionaire or billionaire, right? So you're a millionaire in the mind before it ever shows up in your bank account. So, and a huge part of that is surrounding yourself with the type of people you surround yourself with. You know, you're the uh, accumulation of the five people you hang around with most. So um, when I found that out, I'm like, oh my gosh, I better uh, start checking who I hang around with. And uh, so Mastermind came as a result of wanting to be successful, but A, I didn't know how to do it, and um, B, I didn't even know what that looked like. So, you know, when I heard this, I'm like, okay, I need to put myself in check. I need to get around people who are successful. I need to find people who have what I want, and I need to find out how they date it, how they do it. And so I started Mastermind as a, uh, you know, as a force of me trying to align myself with other successful people and learning from them. And now it's grown into a very large group. Um, uh, you know, it's growing every month that we meet and um, it, it's so productive because uh, I think one of the reasons it's so productive is we meet at 6 a.m. So therefore it's like a natural process of elimination of, <laughs> you know, taking out the people you wouldn't want there anyway. Um, you know, you won't show up <laughs> on a Saturday morning to something that you really don't want to be at. Lazy people aren't up at six in the morning on Saturday. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go back to your business a bit. Uh, a couple other things I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, so your distribution, or no, I'm sorry, fulfillment, right? Your product is uh, a, a plastic holder or a plastic um, pouch, mm -hmm. and you have three little products that have to be put in there. Uh, how, so you went the route of using Rolling Hills. Um, what's it? Rolling Hills Fulfillment Services? It's how? called the Rolling Hills Progress Center. Okay. How did you find that and why did you go that direction? Yeah, so I found Rolling Hills due to talking uh, to people, Brian Borger mm -hmm. of the Small Business Collaborative in Freeport. Um, you know, I said to him, hey, Brian, how are we going to scale this thing? How we, get, you know, if we get a order for even 100000 how am I going to produce this? And he said, well, that's a great question. Look, Let's look into it. 
And um, he contacted Rolling Hills, and uh, we ended up setting an appointment with him, met with the uh, um, gentleman up there, um, Brandon Rumler is his name. And, uh, you know, we showed him the product immediately. He was excited about it. You know, he had been a salesman before uh, prior to running uh, this organization. He said, you know, if I had this while I was being a salesman, this would have been so great. And it's so simple and convenient, uh, you know, the individuals there could make it. So he immediately was just really excited uh, uh, for us to uh, partner with them. Uh, Rolling Hills, uh, they, um, it is a nonprofit, correct? that uses developmentally um, disabled um, adults to, basically it's a job service for, uh, for those types. And I'm, here in Rockford, there's one of these in every town. Mm-hmm. Of, of size like Rockford here we have growth enterprises okay. but you need play, you need things like this because people with developmental disabilities have about a 40% unemployment rate mm-hmm. you know so if they weren't there so that was an interesting move um, we talked a little bit about if if you could if you all of a sudden uh, needed a million of these they would they are part of a network right where they could pass that work off to other of these types of centers, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. Well, the next thing is when you and I talked originally, and I saw your presentation at the time, you were like in five places. That was four months ago. Now you're in fifty-five. Yeah, and how has that, that growth happened? Yeah, um, part of that growth, I think, is attributed to winning the Freeport Fish Tank. Okay. Um, it, it was like a Shark Tank competition, but for the Stevenson County, Freeport, Illinois area. And I did win that in the fall of 2016. So I think that certainly, um, uh, you know, uh, the success I'm also having is attributed to having won that competition. But I also just think um, now that I have uh, very nice, uh, classy-looking displays to present to the business owners, uh, you know, to showcase the product, it's mm-hmm. very appealing where before it was, you know, for lack of a better description, a shoebox <laughs> that I was giving them with the product in it. Well, that's that's part of the whole learning from uh, just learning from others or just learning from hard knocks, right? right. You and I met because I was at uh, Fast Pitch pitching my presidential poker deck, you know, which is a side thing I've, I've developed. But I didn't think of distribution. I figured stores would just put it on a shelf somewhere, right? No, you actually need to develop packaging to put them in so that the stores don't have to worry about packaging. You needed to you figure out a wire display so that the stores didn't have to worry about that, correct? Mm-hmm. So and that's what you did with the money from Fish Tank, Freeport Fish Tank? Correct. Okay, so again, an intentional, you learned, and then you, so you took the money that you got coming in to make something, and all of a sudden now you're, you're at 55 places. Mm-hmm. How does that distribution model work? I mean, how are you getting things... To everywhere and how have you talked thought about okay i'm in 55 what happens when i'm in 550 mm-hmm. yeah so the uh, greatest aspect of the product again is its convenience and practicality so therefore um wherever there's people um there's a need for this product so in that sense the product sells itself once i talk to the business owners whether that be restaurant bars salons or you know where wherever i'm at um i don't need a really hard sell them on anything they see the product they, it makes sense to them they want it um so in that sense of things when i because currently it's just me selling the product to the owners right i i just stop in ask if the owner is there present them the product and they want it or they don't want it now 
yeah, to your point, when I get into, you know, hundreds of places um, or just really cover within a 50 mile radius of my town, you know, am I going to be driving 100 miles out to be selling fresh to go? Yes, I could, but it's not the most efficient way. Um, so, you know, just to answer. The How's question. It, how do you deliver the product? Does Rolling Hills take care of that part of it? Yeah, so it's just me. So they're a fulfillment center. Yep. They pack just, it. Yep, and you and tell I'll, them where to send it, and yep. it gets there. Yeah, so, or I'll just go and get it, and then, you know, distribute it myself. Yeah, which you can't if you get into Vegas. <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah, which is why it's uh, nice right now that I'm just kind of locally uh-huh. um, established. Because, uh, yeah, we could ship out to Las Vegas, but people in Vegas don't know about Fresh to Go, so somebody out there wouldn't. What is next for you then? What is what? What do you think you have to learn better? And and how you know you talked about becoming a national product, and and you have the potential for that. What what are the steps you have to take to to get to where you need to go? Right. Um, first off, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and the truth in being a business owner and entrepreneur is just um, first admitting that that you don't know all the answers and the beauty in it though is you find out as you go along right success is a journey <laughs> and it's a challenge but one that's definitely worth it so I'm not sure um, how I'll handle the distribution problem um, but I know it's gonna be solved eventually, right? It, I mean, who knows? Somebody could hear of this story on this podcast and contact me and say, "Hey, you know, I heard your podcast. You're looking for distribution, and my brother, sister, whatever owns <laughs> such and such a company." And uh, so, you know, it's just, I really think you're just always one person away <laughs> um, to being connected to the person that you really need to connect with. How much? How much time during the week? do you spend connecting getting out there and just talking to more people and 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 you know trying to spread the word right um that's uh i mean if i had to put it at a percentage i'd say that's about uh gosh 80 percent of my time really mm-hmm. um it's just really getting out there and getting in front of people because the reason i do that is i don't have a better way of doing it if i did i would be doing that right um, so I do what I can at the moment instead of just throwing my hands up and saying I don't have distribution. <laughs> so, oh, well, let's go back. So again, twenty-two brothers and sisters, and and your your parents. Uh, the, what did they do growing up? I mean, when when you were growing up, what what did they do? Well, I, I'm I'm assuming the mom was a stay-at-home mom. I don't think you can work full time and have twenty-two kids running around at home, right? Yeah. So your father, what did he do? Yeah, so uh, my dad, he worked for um, Hamilton Sunstrands. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, he just actually retired from them. And actually, I think it's called UTC now. It formerly oh, was called it. Sunstrands. Well, it's going to be something else now that they're buying out Rockwell Collins. They're oh. going to change the name again. Okay. Yeah, So, but that's an aerospace firm. And yes. he was an, yeah, he was an engineer. What, he was an engineer at an aerospace yeah. firm. Yep. So where did you get your entrepreneurial bug? You know, it started back when I was um, 23 or 22 at the time. Um, A friend approached me about a network marketing company. I had never heard of network marketing companies, didn't know the first thing about them. So, um, you know, she told me what the product was, how this, uh, how the network marketing industry worked. And so I got in the business. I was in it for about a year and a half, actually, and I did pretty well. And um, 
then I ended up, you know, quitting that. And I really um, give credit to that company, though, because they instilled in me a um, drive to want to be my own boss, um, a drive to, uh, you know, achieve something greater than the mundane of, you know, going to high school, graduating, go to college, graduate, get a job, work your nine to five and live till, you know, when you die and hope you have enough to retire one day. You know, I mean, that was my thought process. And I think that's the thought process of the majority of Americans, right? Um, Due to no fault of their own, that they just, yeah. It's it's what you know, it's comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. And their parents didn't tell them otherwise, because that's if you look at their parents, that's what their parents do. Typically, when you look at uh, people, learn from their parents subconsciously, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you can say whatever you want to kids, but they're watching you all the time, and so exactly. that's why you know do- uh, kids of doctors tend to be doctors. That's why kids of engineers tend to be engineers. Um, kids of small business owners tend to be, you know, become small business owners. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of an outlier. You, your, your father did one thing, and you're going a different direction. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, and uh, also just <laughs> math is not my strong point, and you would need that to be an engineer. <laughs> so uh, I love people. I love connecting with people. Um, I love conversations, real meaningful conversations. Does that conversations. come from growing up with 22 brothers and sisters? You know, to be are, honest, are there are there introverts and extroverts, or are you guys all extroverts because you had to compete for attention? You know, now that you ask that question, I don't think there are introverts in our family because um, I mean, being around twenty two kids. Uh, if you don't it, say anything, you're not going to get anything. Yeah, well, that, <laughs> but also, it's <laughs> you know, in a nice way, like. Your brothers and sisters get annoying, so you kind of need to speak up for yourself just <laughs> for your own sanity. <laughs> like, you know, like I see you every day, get out of my face, go to that room, disappear, or so help me, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think it's just from the aspect of just growing up with so many kids, you just learn to be uh, boisterous and just uh, outspoken. Um, yeah, there's some people that are more uh, introverted than others, but I don't think the word shy resonates with any members in our family though. You know, the other thing, you're, you're at the network marketing. So uh, one of the big things about sales, and, and I'll go back to my experience. I spent 22 years uh, working in newspapers, which meant if I called you and I'm working at a newspaper, you're gonna call me back because you want to be in the newspaper. You need publicity, right? So I, I spent 22 years making a phone call, doing whatever, figuring, okay, I'll get my phone call back some point during the day. And the, but then when I left the newspaper before I got to Thinker, uh, I went in the financial service sector. And now you have to talk to people six, seven, eight, 15, 20 times just to get your first meeting. At my age, I can't handle that. I'm not used to being, I'm not used to uh, having to call people multiple times or hearing the word no. So is that something that helped you at the, at the, uh, multi-level marketing place because I'm assuming you don't make a sale every single time you go out on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, are you talking in reference as to what what you know? Learning how to get past no or how to stick with it, even though you've heard no, um, to get to where you need to be. Because I assume that you have a great product, but I assume it, it, it you don't know, just walk in and somebody says, "Oh yeah, I'll take a thousand. Mm-hmm. You've got to you've got to convince them that it's worth their time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, so a simple uh, 
analogy that I can give as to how I deal with talking to people, whether I get a yes or no, is um, the answer is always no until you ask, period. So if I'm driving past a business and I'm thinking, you know, fresh to go would work in there, you know, and I just drive by and didn't go in. Well, the answer is no, because I didn't even talk to them. (laughs) So until you ask, the answer is already no. So by talking to them, you just increase your chances of getting a yes. (laughs) So whether they say no in person or you just drove by by not even going in to talk to them, the answer was still no. Mm -hmm. So by talking to a person, you only increase your chances of um, (laughs) getting a yes. And is part of that your personality of uh, no is not, you know, they don't like you. It's it's just they've they don't believe in your product. Do you, you, don't, do you mm-hmm. take no personally? No, not at all. And the reason I can't take no personally is um, that business owner or that person has a story, has a mindset that I'm not privy to know, <laughs> right? I don't know what they're thinking and it's none of my business as to what they're thinking or as to why they said no, right? And I can convince them to say yes, but um, ultimately what it boils down to is I have such big goals and big dreams of things I want to do that no one's no can deteriorate me from, um, you know, achieving what I want to achieve. So essentially, your no is not bigger than my why and for the goals that I'm trying to achieve. Like, you can't tell me enough no's to deter me from what I want <laughs> to achieve. So that's what it boils down to is I have a, um, I have a bigger yes than your no. Okay, well, we're, we're, we're you know we've taken up enough of your time, but I want to I want you to give three pieces of advice. Let's say I am in a, I have an idea, and I want to get it someplace. I want to get it on stores or in, in online, or I, you know I I want to make something more out of my life than what you said. You know, a nine to five job. If you could boil it down, what are the three tips you give somebody like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think the first thing I need to clear up is there's absolutely nothing wrong with a nine to five. The problem is it's not for me. So first of all, um, my first advice to anybody who wants to do anything is figure out what you want to do. Because if you don't know what you want to do, where do you even start? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So if it's if that nine to five corporate job or whatever it is makes you happy and you're satisfied at it. Hey, you congratulations. You've achieved the success you want. That success is not my success. Right. And um, so first, just know what you want. And then two, um, you got to have a mindset that's different from the the majority. Because if you've always done what you've always done, you will always get what you always get, right? Um, So if you look at highly successful people is they read three to four books a week. I mean... Is that making them rich? I don't know, but they're rich. <laughs> they're successful. They do what they want. Um, they're affecting lives. Um, they decide what they do every day. Uh, so I look at things like that, and I want to apply that to my life, and I do, right? Uh, so their mindset is just completely different from the average person. So that's how they get philosophies like, you know, I can't take a no for an answer. Um, your no to me doesn't mean anything. I can't take it personal, right? Because they've literally um, conditioned their mind uh, to be something bigger than anything else that they're going to hear that's negative, right? And uh, third thing is, whatever you do, just make sure it's adding value to 
the general public um, because I don't think there's one product out there, uh, you know, that people buys that doesn't some way somehow change their life or make their day in time easier or more efficient. Even Chia Pets? Uh, (laughs) There's always an exception to the rule. There's always an exception to the rule. (laughs) That's that's a a great one. (laughs) As a rule of thumb, just make sure your product or service is adding more value to the uh, marketplace because, again, that's what it boils down to is how much value you can add to people. And if you're not doing that, then you don't stand a chance in the business world. So. All right. Well, we've we've come to the end of the thing. I'm, you know, I'm 48 now, so I'm going to start making like, you know, old man uh, yearly trips out to Vegas. So my goal or my hope for you is that one of these years when I'm out in Vegas at a restaurant, I will be able to buy fresh to go, you know, from the restaurant. So good luck. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> I, I will try to make that goal happen for you. <laughs> okay.